And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a little this. It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome for the first time, if it's the first time you're listening. Hello, hello. Where do we begin? I don't know. I never know how to do these things. Let's say this. Last week, we asked the question, can you reinvent yourself? Can you? I don't know if you guys thought about it. I don't know if you've been reinvented. I don't know if you want to be reinvented. I ended up thinking, no, I don't want to reinvent myself. It's fine. Um, and I asked you guys to write in with your own answers. I've gotten a few and I appreciate all of them. So please do continue to write in because it's so much fun to read. But I'm just going to read this one because this week's is uh, kind of a long podcast. So I'm going to read this from a guy called Ante. This is how he spells his name. A-N-T-E. What do you guys think? Probably not ant with an extra E. Probably like auntie, 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 I don't know. Um, what does he say? He says that his work is dreadfully boring. He works in accounting and my podcasts have been a welcome distraction. Hello, auntie, auntie, aunt, aunt. Um, I'm glad that they're a welcome distraction for you. This is how he answers the question, can you reinvent yourself? I think it can be done, but I don't think it's reinventing yourself. I think it's just plucking up the courage to do what you know you always wanted to do. Many people put people's perceptions above their own desires, which I think is wrong. I think you're right that you think it's wrong. By exploring what you really want to do and forgetting what others may think does open you up to new experiences, and that leads you into another direction. Some call it reinventing. I call it discovering where you want to be. Right on, man. This week, I spoke to Nathan Hartswick. Do you guys know who that is? You do if you live in Vermont. You definitely do if you live in Burlington. Nathan Hartswick and his wife, Natalie, are just amazing people, first of all, and are churning a scene. They're making a scene. I'm making a motion with my hands right now, kind of revolving around each other that I wish you could see. Um, they are cranking up comedy in Burlington. They do everything. They do stand-up. They teach stand-up and improv to kids and adults. Spark Arts is a thing that is theirs. I don't know. They, yeah. Um, and here's the situation. They are starting a club in Burlington for comedy, okay? So just go there. This is what you can do. VermontComedyClub.com. Go there or go to VTComedy.com. .com. They have a Kickstarter up right now to raise money to make the Brick and Mortar Club. They've been putting on shows for a long time, but they want an actual physical space for it. Um, so that's everything. That's everything about Nathan, kind of. He also has a podcast, um, and, and he works with Improv Vermont. I think it's, maybe the podcast is called, anyway, I don't know what it's called. Guys, Nathan Hartswick, he's on Twitter, just that name. Look it up. Okay. The question that I asked Nathan, or the question that Nathan was asking himself, really, was where should I be in my life? This is what's on his mind lately. So this is what we kicked around for a while. And this podcast is coming out on Thanksgiving. Perhaps this is American Thanksgiving, that is. Perhaps this is extra relevant to you if you are an American listener, because you have to like confront your family today. They have questions for you about where you should be. You might be wondering where your own self should be. Um, if I seem particularly U.S.-centric today, guys, it's because I'm in the U.S. right now. You can't keep track of me. You don't know where I am. Right now I'm on the Upper East Side in New York City. Yeah, that's right. 
fancy. Anyway, still couch surfing. Don't worry about it. Things are good. I'm exactly where I should be in my life. And I hope you guys are as well. You know what? I think you are. I think for the next hour, at least you will be because we're here together. We're here together having this podcast experience. We're keeping each other company and we're just hanging out, man. Enjoy this one. We're just gonna we're just gonna dive into it. You know how I do. I I do. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. All right. <laughs> the question is, I don't know what it was. It where, was where should I should I be, be in my, in my life? life? Okay. So yeah. I'm asking you the question. Okay. Where should you be in your life? What's going on? Where should I be in my life? Right Are you now? where you should be? Is there a where? I hope. Let's not. talk about shoulds. <laughs> I hope there's not a place I should be. I. Well, this subject came up because I, I turned thirty-seven, um, and I uh, actually thought that I old, yeah, old. I actually, <laughs> I thought I was turning thirty-eight uh, for about I would say three weeks before my birthday. Yeah, and it wasn't until I actually turned thirty-seven that I, I somebody said you should do the math on that, and I did the math, and I was like, oh, I just turned thirty-seven, not thirty-eight. Isn't that crazy? So I got a whole year back. Can I tell you something nice, quickly? Yeah. I don't usually disclose my age because I'm like way older than people think I really? am. Way older. Um, but I missed the entire year of being 34 because I was like 33 and then I turned 34, but I just freaked out so much about how I was almost 35. Right. <laughs> that I ne- I, like if, if people were like, how old are you? I never said. I was like, no, I'm basically dead. And then suddenly I was 35. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, there was a year when I was thirty-four. And I didn't even, I didn't even own it. I didn't even embrace it. I think that's more common than you'd think, especially at, at the eight, once you like past thirty. Right. I think you start things start to run together, and isn't it weird though to forget less, how yeah. old you are yourself? Yeah, but it's it's not the first time this has happened to me. Oh no! I think thirty-four-ish was another time. Where it was like thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah, it just because you're just like well old, I guess. Yeah, so I'm you done kind counting. of yeah because there's so many other kind of like every couple of years there's a, a like a mile marker when you're younger right because mm-hmm. it's like 13 16 18 21 25 to rent a car yeah you know <laughs> no. 30 is the big deal right and then it's sort of after that what are you you're just old <laughs> <laughs> what are you i realized once i hit my 30s i'm like okay like i'm 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 probably going to live to an old age i think so um but i realized that i was kind of middle age because i thought if you take my age and then double it and then i died right no one would be like oh my god we lost her so young right, exactly. they would be like man it seems about right yeah i've been trying to like i've been thinking about this a lot because it i, I feel like m- people call someone middle age when they're 50 mm-hmm. and that's really not the case it's like like when i think about the, the age i'm at right now i'm like this is much closer to middle age i am much closer to having lived half of my life you know, than the average 50 Take year old. Take your age, double it, not a tragedy if you were dead. <laughs> Is that the formula? <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Oh I mean, no one's going to be like, oh my God, it's so young. Right. No. If it's not a tragedy, if twice, <laughs> if someone twice <laughs> your age died, you are, yeah, you're middle aged. You're middle aged. Right. So what is, so, so the question then is like, like I, if you I, heard that a 74 year old man died would you be <laughs> like oh we've really lost something no that's actually probably average right you'd be like oh he had a full life yeah average guys probably die about that age wouldn't you say probably we yeah. could google it but why should we no let's just make it up yeah um yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> where were we sorry i derailed the question. whole thing already no I'm it's like, fine 
you're going to die one day. Are you where you should be? No, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about because this is the thing that like eats away at me because I, I, there's no like, people don't talk about it. You know, it's just sort of the whole, like our whole culture is built around this fear of death and this not knowing what happens. And, and, and I guess there are people who are comfortable with the idea of like, oh yeah, if I'm lucky, I'll live 80 years and then I'll die. Um, but I don't know that it, it's sort of scares me. I think it's because like I spent like when I look back at certain parts of my life, there are parts of my life that I remember really clearly and I feel like we're really productive in terms of getting me where I need to be and stuff. And there's other swaths of time where I like can't remember what I did for like six years. Really? And they're like, and they're, and, and they're, they feel like, you know how you, you, you're supposed to feel like, okay, that period of my life was, you know, I went through all of these things during that period of life and that made me grow in this way and got me to this next phase of my life. And some, some parts of my life I look back on and I can't, like you don't know. I don't what feel happened. that way. I just feel like, yeah, that was a black hole. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's really interesting. What about those parts? You already said you couldn't remember them well, but what can you remember? What would be like that period of time? Well, like, you know, I think because I think we all kind of, you know, you, you, you shrink down your life into the, th- this is so heavy. <laughs> you shrink down your life into the sort of, um, the more dramatic things that did change you as a person and did move you to the next level. Right. So like in my life, when I got to be an adult um, or close to it, I had a child at, yeah, you at did. age 19 yeah. that changed my life completely. I remember a lot from that, like one little pre- period of time, but then like a lot of the stuff that happened after that, I kind of blacked out, which is understandable, I guess um, for a 19 year old, but then, you know, a 19 year old saddled with a child. Not everybody does that. No. You did that. I did that. You yeah. guys did made that choice and then you stuck around and fathered that kid. I guess that yeah. was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it a choice? Yeah. I, I mean, I was <laughs> sort of a passenger in that seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you still stepped up to your responsibility. That See, that's the other thing. Uh, why? How are we into this? I don't know, but um, that makes a man at age 19. I, you know what it did? It did. It definitely grew me up in a hurry in a way that was like, oh, well, now you have to learn how to like, you know, hold down a job and be like you know, and, and bring in a paycheck and like there because there's some other like hold down a job is the perfect way to finish that phrase. But somehow I thought you're going to be like, now you have to learn how to hold down a baby. Hold so you down can the baby. Change them yes, that's another thing you table. have to learn. Yeah. yeah. You have to learn how to hold it down or it will piss in your mouth. <laughs> um, no, uh, I the idea about like being a responsible adult and being a man and like all that stuff. Like I was terrified. I was terrified and inexperienced in life. And I, and I, I had convinced myself that I, all that mattered was that I wasn't one of those guys who like right. picked up and left. So like I stayed, I stuck around, I got a job, I did X, Y, and Z, all these things that I thought were like what a guy should do in that situation. And, you know, I guess I'm, I mean, I'm glad that I did it because I was there for the first year of my kid's life. And I, you know, and I learned a lot and I grew a, a, a hell of a lot in that time period. Um, I don't, I feel like, you know, there's this the, the, from age 19 to like age 27, like I, I, you know, I grew up and there are these things I can remember, like certain jobs that I had that like, you know, empowered me a lot. And I learned a lot in and I met a lot of cool people. And just the experience of living in New York in my 20s, you know, gave me a certain sense of autonomy that I didn't have before. And and being able to kind of like, go back, go back to being a dad when my kid was like three or four, and on a regular basis and seeing her every week and taking more responsibility. And so there are these sort of things that happen. But in between, 
there are these just sort of like, you know, weeks and weeks and months of your life where you're like, just sort of, it's the grind or it's, yeah, you know, you're, you're working a shitty job or. I hadn't thought about things that way, but I think I had a similar experience when I lived in Mexico. I lived in Mexico from like age 22 to 28. Like it's a pretty significant chunk of life and a significant, um, are you just afraid age, of the United States? You're just yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't just, been here. I, uh, you're either I south or north the, of the United States. Yeah. But, I left yeah. the first time Bush stole the election, and I was like, <laughs> "See you later, suckers," because I'm not a patriot. I was right. just like, "I'm out of right. here. I'm leaving." America. Yeah. You guys are like a dysfunctional family. I love you, but I'm better off without you. Yeah. And I'm out. I so would I do that. Just totally. left. I moved to Mexico. Then anyway, <laughs> but um, so I was in Mexico for like six years, and a lot of things happened to me there. And I grew in certain ways. However, you do grow when you're 22 to 28. But in a lot of ways, too, it was just like putting, it's like hitting a pause button on life. It was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do. So I guess I'll just like hang out by this beach and like kind of teach English 20 hours a week and write some poetry and just just be in Mexico, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I wish I could have distilled uh, the last <laughs> 10 minutes of me blathering down to that because that's what it Wait, is. Wait, can it's I like, just say something? Yeah. And I may or may not edit this out. <laughs> She's touching me right now. <laughs> She's touching oh, my leg. Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm touching his leg. <laughs> it's because I'm about to get super sincere. Oh, yeah. I think we're having a great conversation. Okay, fine. I want to know everything that you have to say <laughs> and I don't want to hear any more like, oh, I'm just rambling on, whatever. No, no. That's all this is. is oh, I know, I know. And but people I, love it. I think it's more about that I have a higher standard for being like, I want to be articulate <laughs> on the podcast. I don't want to be, yeah. You um, are being articulate. All I said right now is like this. And I was just like, in Mexico, man. And you're like, I wish I could have said that. But it's that like, you know, totally, that's what, that, that's what I'm trying to explain. Like, that's what I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to articulate <laughs> is that like, I feel like there's a time in, like most of your 20s is spent kind of like feeling like time isn't, um, isn't like you have all all of it you need you know like you have more yes. time than you need so in your 20s like everything is kind of on this like more expanded timeline where you can you can do that thing where you can go someplace for a few years or you can hang out and or you can you know you can like bounce from job to job and not really have much direction for a while yeah. and you can kind of sort things out and figure it out and people just sort of chalk it up to like well you're in your 20s like it's true go for it and then um it's like but it creeps up on you. You know what I mean? Like it, it totally like that does. whole, like suddenly you kind of wake up one day and go like, shit, I'm 31. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, am I still doing this? Am I still like, <laughs> I'm starting to, you start to feel the ticking of that clock a little for more. Sure. And I, I'm not the kind of guy Wait, who, can we just reference the actual ticking clock for a brief Sure. Moment? Go for it. <laughs> so, Do you have a ticking clock? So I'm staying in Nathan's house and <laughs> oh, that clock. I thought you meant the biological. No, one. I okay. mean the actual physical ticking clock that is in your home. How do you live with this? Anyway, there's this, I'm sleeping in the living room, which is, you know what, guys, exactly where I should be in life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping in my living room. (laughs) And there's a ticking clock on the wall. And one of the, one of those, like very loud. Yeah. Every second counting down. Anyway. So last night I I had to get on the chair and take the battery out because I could not (laughs) deal. Couldn't deal. Yes. Actually, um. Yeah, well, I took one down too. That's what <laughs> that's, we got into this conversation this morning because you took the clock down and I was like, oh yeah, I took one down too. We had one in the kitchen and one in the living room and they were out of sync with each other like by a half a second. So we'd get... That's crazy. And I would just lie in bed and hear that. And that's one of the reasons that we're talking about all this mortality <laughs> stuff right now because I mentioned that this is something that like... Uh, and it's crazy. Like it's gotten to the point where like... <laughs> 
I don't go to therapy, but I'm starting to feel like maybe I need to because this is a thing that I can't get out of my head. Like I will lie in bed at night and hear those two ticking clocks alternating seconds. Oh, like, like it's like almost feels like this is horrible. It feels like it's ticking down uh, my life twice as fast because yeah. I can hear each half. Yeah. So, um, I can't. And that, that is a feeling that doesn't, I mean, it didn't creep up on me till I was in my 30s for sure. Yeah. I didn't plan. I didn't plan. Here's where I'm coming from as well. I didn't plan anything. And then suddenly (laughs) I'm like in my 30s like, oh, right. That time when I fucked off to Mexico, that's when other people like stayed in one place and like built a certain amount of like wealth and community and started families or whatever. Right, right. Oh, yeah. We're just like writing villanelles on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And yeah, do you know this theory that... I don't know who who had it first, but the theory that you know the the every year of your life that passes, um, a year is a is like like an exponentially smaller period of the time you've been been alive. Does this make sense? Am I saying this right? I I I, I think I, I know where you're going, but let's keep. So let's a keep six year old, in. a year is a sixth of their life, right? But a twenty seven year old, a year is a twenty seventh of their life. Time so speeds that's up. The idea of the time yeah. speeding up thing, which I think. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. It feels like, uh, uh, yeah, but only in the last like three or four years have I felt like it's sped up to the point where I'm like, whoa, holy shit. There are a lot (laughs) of things that I thought I would have done by now. (laughs) And, and the fact that I haven't gotten them done feels like, like you start to feel like you're failing at certain things. I don't know. So like, and it's, and it's not the conventional things. It's not like, uh, oh, I should have. I should be like settled down. I, I should buy a house. You got the kid out of the way. I think you've done yeah, that the right way. I th- what I think more people should do is go ahead, get married real young, stupid young, sure. nineteen twenty young, have a baby. Then by the time you're thirty, you're divorced. That's behind you. You already have like a wicked cool nine year old that can take care of themselves. Right. Now you can go out to bars again and meet people. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. have a good life and you don't have the pressure of like yikes right. I gotta reproduce right right I think you did I think you did things the right way I guess I mean I I I also should say that I'm I'm things are way different for a dad in that situation than that's a mom true. in that yeah, situation <laughs> so especially since like she's got an, uh, an like my daughter has another father figure who's been there since she was four and so she has the nuclear family of the mom and the dad and the and and her and I'm the fun crazy other dad <laughs> who comes on weekends Bonus and like dad. so i have like i have a ridiculously small amount of you know real responsibility when it comes to her and and i know that some parts about having a kid that young were great i mean i love that i'm young enough to kind of still connect with my kid and that she's she's a, she's going to college next year that's crazy it's insane <laughs> that's like crazy. And, we, and she's gotten to the point where now i mean she, it, she looks a lot like people are starting to notice how much she looks like me now when we go out together. So she, she does. I can tell just from pictures. Like she understands, or like people understand that um, we're probably related in some way or whatever. But um, the people who don't see it that we're, we look like each other, we get weird looks. Like it's, as if you're dating her. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, weird. weird. Like now she's old enough to be an adult almost. It's like I'll take her out somewhere and you can see people looking at us like what is that <laughs> like, oh, no. it's that that we're that close and you know yeah. i look kind of young for my age and she looks grown up and so it's weird but um but we joke about it it's super and then she calls you daddy and everyone freaks yeah. out and it's like <laughs> what's what? going on here what <laughs> oh my god where i want to go back to this idea of what you think you failed on but i also want to know where you think society thinks you should be and where you think you are wow <laughs> 
where you think society thinks you should be. Where, where does society want you to be, do you think? Um, well, I mean, you know, society wants me to... Uh, I, I'm not... <laughs> so, oh, can we get some purring on the mic? Hang yeah, on. let's do that. That is only for the people with their earphones I in. just pet a cat with a microphone. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I That's not as big a concern to me, like what society thinks I should be doing, because I have not cared about that for a very long time. Yeah, because fuck society, right, man? Yeah, man. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw that. Um, I've never wanted to do that. I've always found ways to excuses to get out of things to in order to do things I liked better. Um, and, and it's not a matter of being lazy. It's a matter like I work super hard at everything that I am passionate about. But I just I've never wanted to like I hate having bosses and, you know, and hierarchies and oh, me too. You know, and office jobs and things like that. I mean, I've worked office jobs and and restaurant jobs and and, you know. All my, sorts of stuff. my problem is I hate it so much that I really need to deal with this now. Now that I am my own boss, I'm like yeah. rebelling against myself. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. You don't yeah. tell me what I'm supposed to accomplish today. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the park and read all day. Like, that's a real problem. God, my boss keeps <laughs> telling me I have to edit this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. These guys know. I'll go yeah. weeks without editing right. a podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, I know. Um, no, I, uh, I. it's so interesting. Now that I think about it. Um, back when I was working day jobs, um, I, I remember very distinctly about a year and a half into almost every job I had, I started to feel this sense that, that the, I mean, obviously everyone hates their job and they, they resent their job, they resent their boss, whatever. But I had this very specific resentment that was, um, that they were, um, taking away parts like a part of my life. Like they're yes. taking, like I only have a certain amount of time because mm-hmm. I've always kind of thought of life in that way of that finite amount of time that you have on this planet and whether you believe in, you know, afterlife or reincarnation, whatever. But like th- that's, I'm, I'm like, I know I have this, I know right. I have, you know, and I don't even, I'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> but like, so I, that would, that's where all the resentment came from. It was always like, Oh, like I, that you just made me spend an hour collating when I could have spent an hour writing something like really great or collaborating with people in a creative way or, yeah. you know, all the things I love to do. I, I was like, you know, I was having to push into the margins of my life and do after hours and like, you know, uh, on weekends because, because I had to earn a paycheck because society told me I had to earn a paycheck, you know, until I finally kind of, figured out that balance of like, okay, I can quit the job as long as I have kind of like, you know, these, these things lined up so that I can work freelance or I can, you know, I can be my own boss. Um, so from the time, from the time I was able to do that, um, I did, I just walked away from the job and did freelance work and, and, you know, then started producing shows and, you know, and teaching. And so anything to get, to keep myself, you know, from going back to that world. I felt similarly about jobs it, from a very young age. It kind of occurred to me. I felt as though no amount of money you can pay me is worth an hour of my time right. if I don't want to do that. Right. Like right. really nothing. Because it's an hour you'll yeah. never get back. And I don't know yeah. if I've said this particular story on the podcast, but my aversion to like real work <laughs> goes goes way back. Like even when I was a kid, my parents were like, we'll give you... I think it was like $5 a week. So it was $20 a month, which was huge money in my house for taking out the garbage every week, which just meant collecting all the garbage around the house on Sunday and taking it out to the front. 
and I did it for a couple weeks and then finally I'm like nope I don't like it I quit this chore <laughs> and my parents are like well we're not going to give you the money I'm like that's fine yeah right like, I just don't want to do it yep. so yep. I don't care about your money I can relate to that totally <laughs> and uh, and the really maddening part is I watch my daughter do that now oh no and I mean Adam's the, still a work ethic the things, the things you drive you crazy about your own kids are like always the things that you like you know are terrible at mm-hmm. you know all the things that I'm a flake about I see in her and it, that's what drives me the most crazy you know right um I was gonna get back to something what was it oh, uh the no the thing about um about taking seconds away from my life oh oh just that like I have a finite amount of time on this planet right and I know I have that time and I want to make good use of it because mm-hmm. I might not get anything else right that's this sort of like nagging feeling that's been in my head since I was sort of like old enough to understand my own mortality um but only recently have I started to really ex- like understand and accept how fragile even that is because like I think you go through your 20s and maybe your early 30s kind of like you know you're going to die someday but you assume like the way that it is presented to you you assume I'm going to die in an old old age home in my sleep yeah um, and then people and I'll be like ready for it I'll be ready I'll be <laughs> yeah I'll yeah, live like, a good life yeah, you don't and think it's just going to come for you and that's like, then people you know, people you're close to, people you're connected to start dying for mm-hmm. no reason or dying, like, you know, just unexpectedly getting diseases. And like, you know, it, you get like that starts happening to you because I, I mean, personally, I was fairly fortunate um, for the, you know, for my 20s and early 30s, not to really lose that many family members. I didn't go through a lot of like loss and death in my life and mm-hmm. in my family or friends or whatever and so now it's starting to happen where like i'm old enough now that some of my friends have gotten diagnosed with cancer and i'm old enough now that people are like i know people who have died in car accidents like it starts to like creep in and and like start to tap you on the shoulder and be like hey guess what hey guess what you might not die in your sleep in an old age home you might die tomorrow like and so what would happen then like what how would you feel about everything that you've done up to this point you know then uh, yeah. <laughs> anyone can go at any time yeah and i i know i've that never been more aware of that than i am right now yeah i i can't carry it every day though i can't carry yeah. it every minute every day but right. i do try to think about it that anyone can go at any time yeah and it's it's terrifying and it's the thing this is what's been driving me this is so therapy right now but like this is what i've been trying to figure out a way to shake like how can i how because i i don't think about it like every day when i'm walking around but i think about it every day like when my head hits the pillow or something like mm-hmm. always comes in like, Hey, you know, what happens if, or have you like, and it's not like that, like you should live every day to the fullest kind of thing. <laughs> it's not like, how did I live today? Did I do everything I wanted to do? And am I all, you know, if I died tomorrow, what, uh, but it's sort of always there. That feeling of like, ew, geez, do you know what? It occurred- might be out of time. You know what occurred to me just today? Yeah. <laughs> Um, as you know now, because I was staying with you, I get a slow start to my day. I wake up when I feel like it, <laughs> yeah. and then I drink coffee and hang yeah. out for an hour and whatever. And I've always been like that. Like, I really cherish the, quote, morning time, <laughs> even if it's not morning for me. But just kind of the slow start, the slow wake up, whatever. And then, at some point, bam, okay, I'm into the day. And it only occurred to me just today. I was like, oh, it's like, that is like a microcosm of how I live my life. Like, I just thought oh like, God. oh, I think I've been having like a slow start to my life. And <laughs> just like, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like waking up, whatever, hanging out until about age 28, where right. I discovered comedy and was like, oh yeah, okay, this, right. you know? Yeah. Um, 
It's, yeah, that's it kind analogous, of occurs to me. That's analogous to you leaving the house at noon and finally yeah. getting your shit together. Yeah. I feel like uh, the heavy lifting of my life is going to happen in the second half. I've been told that I'm a Libra and I've been told that Libras are late bloomers. Oh. Once in a while, someone will like post a link to one of those lists of people who like, you know, Morgan Freeman didn't get his first role <laughs> till he was 45 or whatever. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. See, I still got time. Julia Child something something, 40 <laughs> right, something. Right, right. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, but yeah. But then you you read the other ones. It is like I don't even I don't even know who right now. I don't have a reference yeah, fuck in my mind. Jennifer Lawrence. But some stuff like you know like Percy Bysshe Shelley wrote fifteen hundred <laughs> oh, yeah, right, poems and had tuberculosis and lived <laughs> till age twenty two or something. You're like, how is that? How did they yeah. even? I love that my reference is Jennifer Lawrence and yours is Percy Bysshe Shelley. <laughs> is that even how you say that? Probably not. Percy Bysshe Shelley. Bysshe Bysshe Shelley. You know that poet guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't even really know what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Jennifer oh Lawrence. <laughs> no, for real though. Yeah, for she's real. pretty. That's all I know about her. She's, she's the a, she's, she's the she's the uh, the hunter hunter yeah, ga- yeah. hunter 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 games. Hunter games. Yeah. <laughs> hunter games. <laughs> I don't. You know what? This is blind blind leading the blind because that's all I've got. How about this? That yeah. I'm like I don't like to reveal my age. <laughs> yeah. I seem so young. I know. <laughs> What's it called? The Hunter Games. Oh, about hunters. Oh, cool. that's nice. The honey. games where the hunters hunt oh, that's stuff. Nice. I do a pretty good job of like I try I do I I mean having a teenager just makes you feel old all the time you know right because I'm like oh yeah my nephew asked me he's 11 years old and he was not joking he was like did you write with feathers in school what I was like you can fuck off right now yeah get out of here that's just ignorance right that's not yeah that's innocent ignorance of children okay it's adorable yeah yeah so we're gonna die soon yep Ah. <laughs> oh geez this got just so heavy this is so heavy uh i, I would be interested to 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 know what your listeners think about uh, how to how like because th- this has got to be something people go i mean this is a myth like i think we're, what we're doing here is defining a midlife crisis right <laughs> this is is a midlife cri- like we've just talked for an hour and then like i'm suddenly realizing this is something that everyone in like middle in the middle of their life goes through right they all come to it's like when you are a child and you become aware that one day you're going to die like you get to middle age and you realize oh you have other realizations about oh i should have started a savings account a while ago (laughs) stuff like that or is that no more of like oh i could die tomorrow or the next day or 20 years from now but probably not 40 years from now (laughs) yeah 40 years from now would be i think i'm gonna live real old yeah and i don't know if that's that may be... Um... Oh, let's get into that. By the way, uh, this is another thing I thought of while we were talking about death, hmm. um, is the idea that um, technology is going to start elongating our lives in a ridiculous way. And like, have you heard this? Like, like there are, there are, like people are, they're talking about now about how like people could live 200 years, people could live 500 200 years. 200 years? Like there's like... It's insane. What I don't know about that? Well, I mean, because let me say this: this is yeah. why I think I'm going to live a long time. Yeah. Is because I live a relatively healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I have two grandmothers. My grandma right now is going to be 90 in January, and the other one lived to be like 94, and wow. she lived to be 94 having been born in 1909. Right. I mean, it's not like she didn't have all the things that we have now and all the yeah, knowledge. Yeah. By the time you're now. 90, then there's right? going to be crazy. I'll, yeah. I'll be starting my third career. Yeah. As, as a. a... <laughs> I don't even know. You're the improviser here. Oh, uh, 
No, no. <laughs> what were you going to say, stripper? What were you going to yes, say? I yes, I think a 102-year-old <laughs> stripper would be a great third career for someone you. Someone should do Your that. Your first career was sitting around the house wait, waiting for someone to make you coffee in the morning. Yeah, until about age 28, I just sat around <laughs> and wrote poems and hung out. Percy Bysshe, like Percy Pers- Bysshe like Shelley. Percy Bysshe Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I don't know why. And I, why this keeps happening to me on the podcast as well, where I like try to say things that I actually don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, is that's always bishy? a great idea. And halfway Percy? into the sentence, you're like, this is a huge mistake. I'm going to Google this. as no, I shouldn't Google this oh, as you're talking. Geez. But I will. But tell me about no, Living I'm to just, be 200 because I don't know anything about well, it. Well, I don't know anything about it either. So this is uh, always great when you're committing what you're saying to a <laughs> recording and you show your Listen, ignorance. I think the main thing to remember is people at home also don't know. Right. So right. be the voice because, of authority. Because we all right don't now. have brains anymore. It's all in our hands. And that's why you had to pick up your phone. And I'm not even, I'm listening, but I'm also Googling. Right. But you're multitasking and you're like, talk for a minute while I Google this. Yeah. Uh, while I, I don't listen to you. I Where can say whatever I wanted right this? now. Would you, were you reading Wired? Yeah. Uh, there's some like, um, like NPR shows and stuff where they'll like interview futurists and, and scientists and, and researchers and stuff. And, and it's, it's kind of like. You know, there are all sorts of schools of thought about what comes next in like human evolution, because now we have like an insane, unprecedented control over our own evolution because we, we can control so many things. And that's going to just continue. Like we, they've talked about being able to, you know, get to technology so small that they can get, you know, they can send basically like nanocomputers through your bloodstream so that's, that they're constantly monitoring every system in your body. That scares the shit they out of me. They talked about uploading your, literally uploading your human consciousness to like a, a computer. No. And so that your body could die, but your consciousness could, could, could live. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy things that would make a philosopher shit himself. But so that begs the question, like, so how, if you could live for as long as you wanted to live... And like, how long would you want to live? Right. I was just, my, my, I was going to answer that. And I was just gonna be like, not that long, which yeah. is crazy considering what we've been talking about. Right. You think you want to be like forever and do all these things. Yeah. Oh. Especially since like, even some of the researchers talk, like I just heard a thing the other day about, about like muscle loss and, and they're, and they're perfecting, you know, experiments on rats where they're able to like reverse the aging process. And like, I mean, I, I can't even imagine like, a hundred years from now, we could be we could be looking at like a hundred year old people who look like forty year old people. Like what? Yeah, Can but forty year olds that? are gross. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. No, but okay. Realistically, though, there's the there's the fact of finite resources, right? We can't right. just have everybody live forever. That's another terrifying part of it is right? that the population is like out of control and the, the resources of the planet are already taxed. And now we're like, we have to keep everyone alive as long as we possibly can. Well, just the rich people, let's be right. honest. Just the rich white ones. <laughs> <laughs> just the Americans. Should we learn a little bit about Percy Bishy Shelley? I don't think can that's how it's read... pronounced. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. Can you read like phonetic writing can you no no one out? can why okay. would they just push the button and make oh, it is there tell a button? you where's the button <laughs> is there a button probably there's often is there a link there i'm on wikipedia what would happen if i press that a wave file Who probably yikes oh. no it's this other oh, stupid God. page trying to teach me things i'm not trying to learn have it about this have right like now the, the little speaker next to it okay can... let's learn about him i think it's Biss shelley but i could be wrong Okay, he did not achieve fame during his lifetime, but recognition for his poetry grew steadily following his death. He was a key member of the close circle of visionary poets and writers that included Lord Byron, Lee Hunt, Thomas Love Peacock, 
and of course his second wife, Mary Shelley, right, the author of Frankenstein. Right. But let me just see about his death because I don't know why he was the one I went to. It was like the one of these guys that know. like accomplished everything. <laughs> I think he died. Oh, there's a whole there's a whole section on Wikipedia called Shelley's Heart. Did they save his heart? I don't know what that's all about, but that's what I aspire to now. I aspire to have a page on Wikipedia that has a subsection called Deanne's Heart. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to do. Okay. Okay, somebody, somebody Googles Deanne Smith in 100 years. What do you want it to say <laughs> other, than Deanne, Deanne other than Deanne Smith's heart as oh, a gosh. subset? Uh, yeah, I want there to be an article about my heart. <laughs> I want it to just be like... You said that so wistfully. She did the best she could. <laughs> Here's a way that you're better than Percy Bishy Shelley. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it the wrong way. <laughs> On the 20th of July, 1814, Shelley abandoned Harriet, now pregnant with their son, Charles. Oh, boy. You didn't do that. You stuck around. <laughs> oh, my God. That is not... And he ran away to Switzerland with Mary, who was then 16, inviting oh, her wow. stepsister, Claire Claremont, <laughs> along because she could speak French. Well, could I just say, if I were allowed to do that, I would totally have done that. I would have done it, yeah. too. <laughs> okay. Who wouldn't run away to Switzerland with a 16-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to end up here, but I'm glad that we did. Yeah. I can't say that I'm oh, sad yeah. that we did. All right. I'm going to get to his heart. And I know that we've gone sideways, and I hope you're not annoyed with it. I, I know this, you only have this one life to live. <laughs> we just wasted I am just so much using of up my, so much of oh, it Jesus. to give you miscellaneous info. I am an hour older than I was when we started. About Percy Bishy Shelley. Why does it have a whole subset about his heart? <gasps> what? Oh, I guess I just have to read this whole thing. I suppose you do. Shelley's widow Mary bought a clifftop home in Boscombe, Bournemouth, in 1851. She intended to live there with her son, Percy, and his wife, Jane, and had her own parents move to an underground mausoleum in the town. The property is now known as Shelley Manor. Okay. When Lady Jane Shelley was to be buried in the family vault, it was discovered that in her copy of Adonai was an envelope containing ashes, which she had identified as belonging to Shelley the poet. The family had preserved the story that when Shelley's body had been burned, his friend, Edward Trelawney had snatched his whole heart from the pyre. What? But someone snatched his heart from the pyre. What? That's that's my new goal. And <laughs> so, okay, first we have to organize a pyre. Well, I either want to snatch someone else's heart okay. from oh, the pyre. Oh, someone else's. Okay. I want to attend a pyre first of all, all right, before right, I die. I right. want to attend a pyring, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. I think it's this great. guy died. Yep. We're throwing him on the pyre. Right. That why there should be more. Funerals like this. I, think yeah, it, I will. D- I will do it. We've been talking a I'm lot about. I'm probably going to die before you, so I can. <laughs> I will. I will arrange that, and you can grab whatever you need to grab. I'm going to grab. I'm going to snatch your heart <laughs> from <laughs> the fire. I am going to put on. Um, do you think that guy was oven in love? gloves before I go in? Because yeah, I don't want to get burned on yeah. your pyre. I mean, I do like you. Do you think that guy was in love with him? Do you think he was yes, secretly in love? Of he course was like, he was. I need his heart. Who snatches hearts from yeah. the pyre? And then, and then, <laughs> like, what if he tried to sneak it? That's what I like to just like, yoink, <laughs> yoink. <laughs> oh my God. I just I heard a thing about, uh, each, uh, Ichi. Is that the native American guy that they kept like the last member of that tribe that they like then put in a museum because he was like, no, I don't even know this. this. Tribe. I might have the name wrong, but I just heard a thing about Was that. it Bishy? Bishy? <laughs> Who's, oh, Bishy, right. Percy Bishy. <laughs> He's named for, no, it's, I think it's Ishi, And he, and, and they, and they cremated his body after he was, because uh, he died of tuberculosis and they cremated his body, but they kept his brain. 
um, because that was in like part of history where they like tried to take apart people's brains and try to figure out who, and both of those things, the fact that they cremated him and the fact that they kept his brain were like so against his yeah. beliefs and what he wanted and everything, but they didn't care. They were like science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, totally and to us. think in maybe a hundred years, they could just upload his consciousness. Right. <laughs> Why would you want consciousnesses? I don't know. I mean, maybe of real smart people. I, I just, feel like my consciousness is just like, I'm just worried all the time. And yeah. then I would be like, if I, I would just be like, well, I, I'm in this computer. I guess I'm trapped in this computer. Like it wouldn't be worth yeah. preserving. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there is like nothing in my head <laughs> no, it's just worth taking worries. to the next generation. It's all worries. Not at all. Not at all. I, I, that's a, cre- I mean, we're getting into some philosophical stuff here, but like, like it's interesting to me that you take, that we're the only species that has figured out how to take lessons, knowledge, information from one generation and transfer it to another. Are we though? Well, everything, everything, every other species does in the world is instinctual. They don't write things down. They don't have language. They don't have ways to say, this is information that you may need that will help you in the next generation. Right. And then I'll die and I'll pass it on to you. I guess the point being, if, you know, pre, previous to language and writing and all of that, right? I would learn something in my life and then I would die and it would die with me, right? Yeah. When we were monkeys, right? Yeah, when we were monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I'm having a hard time. My goal for this whole thing has just been to take the whole thing down like a... No, I feel that you've been very much on on track and I've been very sideways with the Percy Bishy Shelley and the Let's Read the Wikipedia and the Where Have You Failed in Life. I can't imagine your listeners can follow any of this. (laughs) They don't need to. We're all going to die. Right, right. And all they do with this podcast is try to distract themselves from that fact. Guys... You can't distract yourselves anymore. We're all going to die. Okay? I think it'd be amazing if this podcast survived in like an apocalypse <laughs> and it was the only information that was transferred. That anybody had about anything. Yeah. And this is like Percy all they Bishy have. Percy Shelley became a god the, and that's the one and only way to pronounce his name. Right. <laughs> the human race boils down to this podcast. And that one guy. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the story of the guy who just is madly in love with Percy Bissy Shelley. People aren't snatching enough hearts out of pyres anymore these days. I mean, talk about leaving a mark. Talk about (laughs) having an impact on your fellow man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now what happens? Somebody dies, RIP, Facebook status. You know, there's like a 22-hour period of collective mourning, and then we're over it. Right. Right. I, I, I think... I think I think the comedian in me just wants to know what that moment is like after because I know what like the adrenaline is like I'm gonna grab that guy's heart because I love that guy and I want to have his heart <laughs> I gotta have his heart right he's burning to de- he's burning and I won't have any and he, and he and he reaches his hand in and in a moment of romantic desperation grabs the heart and pulls it out of the fire and then he has a heart in his hand and he has to take it home he has what to happens deal with then? that like, moment yeah you put it in a jar do you put it on the in the fridge like, what do you do with your heart because there is the moment where it just turns right back into life right where you're like whoa romantic moment dramatic moment right. snatch the heart and, and then, then it's, it's like, reality so okay i'm in. just like holding this heart now and i yeah. gotta i guess i gotta walk home yeah. uh where am i gonna put this yeah and yeah. no amount of romantic yeah oh this was his heart yeah but it's people still tr- a heart people are trying to say goodbye to you at the end of the, <laughs> the hiring and you're just like oh yeah i would hug you but going I'm, through the receipt line with blood I'm, dripping through your fingers kind of holding this heart uh, so. sorry guys i'm like i'm not gonna be a hugger today kind of get this whole heart in my hand thing. <laughs> it's also maybe burned onto the flesh i can't tell <laughs> oh my god yep yep so anyway in conclusion 
In conclusion, we're all going to die. Um, where should you be in life right now? Where should you be in your life? Answer me this. Where are you? Where should you be? Um, probably, I mean, where I am is um, I'm... <laughs> I definitely should be working less and enjoying life more. Uh, the, yes, the, that was a quick answer. You really feel that? Yeah. The, uh, well, the upshot of the whole working for yourself thing um, is that, especially being that I'm kind of like a driven person and I like to be, um, I like to see the big picture and take things to the next level and like I'm a cheerleader for the whole scene and like the whole thing. I'm very um, like, and my wife is the same way. We just we just work too hard. We work every minute of every day on the, these projects that we've got going on, and so I do feel like we um, we took you know we we took um, a very um, rare break from our work the other night to go out to dinner and see a movie, and that and that was it. And it was like amazing. And right before we left, I turned to her and I said, "I have an idea. I think we should leave our phones at home." Whoa. And she looked at me like, oh, she's like, she knew I was right, but she had such a hard time saying yes to it. She was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, nothing's going to happen. It's three hours. I think we should just, I think it will prevent, it will prevent us from doing that thing where one of us goes to the bathroom and the other one is on Facebook and, the, you know, we're yeah. checking the thing. I think we should just like focus on the three hours that we have. And it was amazing. It was, uh, we were like, why didn't we do this before? I just, I remember she was like, she put the phone down and she was like having such a hard time letting go of it. And I just looked at her and said, pretend that we're our parents' generation (laughs) and we have to leave the house and the phone is attached to the wall. Like that's, anyway, so that's what we did. But uh, how do we get on that? Because you need to be enjoying life life. more. Right. So I need to be doing more of that. And I think we all do, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, We're all manacled to these things and technology and and our our work and our life. And uh, it's it's like everything moves too fast and it's like everybody needs you now and everything. Like you just feel very... It is very freeing to unplug. Yeah. Leave the phone at home. Don't get on the computer that day. And it shouldn't be... It really shouldn't be something you do like, you know, once a year or once every couple months it should be something kind of part of your routine that you like when you get you know we just we just i don't know personally i feel like i just work too damn hard all the time and i and i'm plugged in all the time and so i need to yeah i probably should be um and you know but you convince yourself that like all of that is toward the goal of being where you feel like you already should be by now Right. Does that make sense? You got to work to get the money to get the whatever. Yeah, and it's it's to me it's not like oh I need to I need to be paying the bills. It's more that like there are these goals that we have um and by the way, I I just need to address the fact yeah. cuz I feel really self-conscious about it that I couldn't even complete the sentence cuz I don't know what other people want to work for. I'm like you got to work to get the money to get whatever. <laughs> it's whatever the uh, comes after know, that. Whatever you think uh, you want. You I don't what is want something, why do people right? Work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tell jokes and get paid for it. Um no, we have like we we have this very big project that we're working on and we want it to happen and it's been like 2 years of working toward that goal. And um and it's like really exciting sometimes and it's really soul crushing in other times. And, and, you know, we, it's one of those things where like we have all the faith in the world in it and we, it's, it's everything we want to do kind of in life all wrapped up in this one project. And then, you know, so there's this sense that we, sh- we should have been able to achieve it by now. Like it's not, re- it's not realistic, but it's like this idea that um, everything we're doing is kind of dependent on 
on how hard we can work, how many hours we can put into it, how many other people we can get on board with it. And so I'm always feeling kind of like, oh, if this would just go a little faster, then we'd be there by now. I'm impatient. I'm always, I've always been super impatient and I've gotten better in the last 10 years of like, like kind of backing off and taking my hands off the wheel sometimes and being like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Cause, cause there's nothing worse than trying to force something to happen when it's not supposed to or faster than it, it, it needs to. But so I That's try to be That's a hard like, lesson to learn. It's really hard. And it, and it, especially if you're kind of like, I'm just high energy and antsy and I'm always working towards something and it's very difficult to just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It'll happen when it's right. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> me at all. Man. Yeah. I envy people like that. Yeah. But I guess that's what your twenties are for, right? Because here's the thing, like your life is, <laughs> what is it? Life is what happens when you're making other plans. Like you're not, you, there is no real like right way to do life, right? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I kind of vaguely know that, but yeah. I always get caught up on that. I'm not yeah. doing life right. Because, because like, that's the big problem is that uh, like all these things are, are, are external and they're exp- they're imposed on you that the idea that you should be here by this point and you should be here by that point and like who the fuck are you to tell me where i should be but and when like exactly. this is a process for everybody and we're all kind of figuring it out on the way there Can on I, the way toward death on the way towards death yeah i'll tell you some um spiritual advice that i've oh, gotten recently okay no rules just right Chipotle's ad campaign, but oh, it's wow. not. I thought I recognized it's it. It's not But the tone with which you said it was so much more. No rules. More trenchant. Just right. Just right. It's not a bad way to think about that what you're doing beautiful. every day and where you're at. Wow. Um, you're just right. I, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> several weeks ago, I took a trip to Nashville and on the trip, uh, ate at Chipotle for maybe the first and last time in my life. And that night, my daughter and I got really bad food poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) So the no rules thing didn't work out so well for us. This podcast is sponsored by Chipotle. (laughs) Oh my God. Yep. That really happened. Chipotle. Chipotle. I'm wondering how cheap, cheapot, that's How do people in the Midwest say I was just going to say, why the Midwest? Because <laughs> they're idiots. Because we just pictured people. Shout out to all my listeners all in the right. Midwest. We just pictured um, like a mom with mom I pictured mom my jeans. own mom, actually. She's Did not you? from the Midwest, but yeah. No, yeah. She's, you know, when I moved to Mexico, she would brag to her friends about how I spoke Mexican. That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So it's not just you, people in the Midwest. My cat is eating a bug. Well, I guess we've settled it. I guess, yeah. Uh, you're I mean, where you need to be. I think we're all where we need to be. The problem is everyone else. Society. Yeah, it's society, man. <laughs> it's those. <laughs> it's the man. I feel that you tried really hard to keep us on track. And uh, that, really? I don't know about and that. And that I had half a hard cider and just <laughs> went off the just rails. So lightweight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm where I need to be, I guess, on your couch. Great. <laughs> <laughs> You're where you need to be. Uh, we are dying. Yeah, we didn't. Soon. We didn't really talk about your like why you're on my couch or any of that. Like, nah. no, we don't, <laughs> we don't talk about need that. to. I mean, you I were think really... these guys are piecing it together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been in 
some recent episodes very honest and about your life right now. Listen, so probably, guys, you know, I am homeless. <laughs> I feel like maybe I I, I cheated your listeners out of more out Nobody of more. Loves Deanne me. lives in her I'm car. Die alone <laughs> really soon. Things are going great, you guys. Things are great for me. Right on track. Oh my god! But I'm gonna live to be 200. So who gives a fuck? I'm still in my youth and in my prime. You are. Yes. Yes. Still in the morning of my life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> About that. It's like eleven thirty, probably. This is the worst. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess we gotta wrap it up. Oh my god. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. It's been really strange <laughs> and great. Do you feel let me just ask you this one quick question before you go. Yeah. Have how do you feel about the last I don't know what this is gonna edit into, Not but right either. now we're at fifty seven ish minutes. Jeez. How do you feel about using your life in that way? using my life in, in this the, way in, <laughs> i see uh, over the last whatever many 57 minutes 57 minutes how many minutes do you wish you could get back right now <laughs> i would say 10 12 i was gonna say 12 12 but, yeah, oh. yeah. the rest of them were were enjoyable was it when sure. i was reading about percy bishy shelley um no okay no. I'm trying to think see i blocked that part out the part that I didn't enjoy, I just went somewhere else in my <laughs> head. <laughs> all right. We got to go. We got to go, everybody. Right, we could do right. this forever. Yeah, totally. <sighs> Thanks, Dan. It was fun. Okay. I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but hang on. We're not done yet. Okay, we're going to learn a thing, and you are going to do your own intro I'm gonna music. I'm going to learn a song. I'm going to do a song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what is it? Learn a thing? Learn a thing. Learn a thing, learn a thing. Hey, we'll learn a thing. That was, that was awesome. My, that was my like old timey Broadway guy. I think I, I think loved it. That hey, was... yeah. <laughs> Keep going. With I didn't dames and with dames and g- guys and dogs and. <laughs> 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 Please just keep going. Hey, you all were gonna learn a thing, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, oh, I loved it I don't so know what much. That was. Um, with dames and with dames. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm She's terrible. got dams and he's here with the top hat. It's, I'm an embarrassment to improv comedy. All right, that was perfect. Um, uh, so we're gonna learn a thing. Uh, the thing happens to be about the trampoline that you see behind me in my, I do see a my apartment. Um, uh, there's a small trampoline. It's called a rebounder. And many people come into my house and wonder why there is a trampoline in my living room. Um, and there's two reasons for it. Um, one is it's, it's, it's um, people don't necessarily always know this, but the lymph system, which is part of your immune system and stuff. Listen, I know what the lymph okay, system fine. is. I'm telling you, <laughs> learn a thing, learn a thing. And dames uh, and guys. <laughs> it's, uh, the lymph system um, doesn't have a pump that like pumps blood the other way. So it only goes one way through your system. So um, the way that the blood goes the other way is by like anti-gravity. So if you ran up a set of stairs or you like calisthenic exercise and things like that, um, force the blood the other way through the, and cleans the like lymph system. So, so, um, what yeah. running upstairs forces your blood to go backwards? Um, not backwards. Your blood doesn't go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you are not making this easy to keep it to two minutes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I keep I'm repeating sorry. my song. Uh, anyway, so learn um, a thing. <laughs> I got the. I finally got it. Yeah, you got it. Learn so, a thing. So, so the point is that by bouncing repeatedly on a trampoline, it forces the blood to go the other way through your lymph system and 
uh, hey, uh, you know what? You should look it up. Fine, I'll look it up. Um, the point is that you that it's good for your immune system to bounce on a trampoline. And if you don't believe me, you can look at your precious iPhone and look it up in the same place you looked up Percy Bissy Shelley. <laughs> oh, you're speaking specifically to me. I thought you were like, I was like, why are you being so aggressive? Oh, no, no, I'm talking to you. so precious <laughs> iPhones. Well, you're the one who was like, I can't get my blood to go backwards. <laughs> so anyway, so the other reason I jump on a trampoline is yes. because it is totally impossible to be depressed when you're on a trampoline and like i you're right i challenge you to not smile when you're jumping on a frigging trampoline do you tramp daily <laughs> that is not how i would put That's it the verb right um but yeah i uh I, especially when you're working at a desk and like you're you have work to do and you're like oh my god i was sitting at my desk for an hour oh i god. need to go it's a great way to just like get your blood going and jump up and down. It's super fun. And All right. We've learned so, about the benefits. They're like 40 bucks. They're yeah. really learned about the benefits of tramping. Where can you get a trampoline? It's not tramping. Don't call it tramping. Just <laughs> <laughs> saying it. Where can you get you a rebound? You can get them online. You can get them at Costco or Amazon just online. Just deliver or, them yeah. to your home. Uh, I think so. We're yeah. living in the future. Living in the future. Pop out your trampoline. Just tell jump your uploaded it. consciousness to order. If you are a woman with boobs, maybe get a sports bra. That's all I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> and a tramp stamp. Can you play us out? <laughs> we've learned a thing. We've learned a thing. Gosh darn it, we've learned a thing. <laughs> so that was my chat with Nathan, a lovely, lovely human being. Um, also, guys, by the way, looked it up. There's a YouTube tutorial about it. It's Bish. It's definitely Percy Bish Shelley, just so you know. And I want you guys to write in. I want you guys to write in with the answers to this week's question. Here, I thought of a few more questions you can answer for me, and then I'll read them in next week's intro. Here we go. Where should I be in my life? Tell me. Tell me where you think you should be in your life. Are you there? Um, are there points when you felt on track and then behind and then ahead? Are you terrified of death? Would you upload your own consciousness to a computer? How do you pronounce Percy Bishy Shelley? These are all questions that you could answer. Write in. Write in to me at deanne at nomoradio.com. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. Uh, shout out to Mike Carosa, who made our intro and outro music. Charlie Sneaker, who made um, the little icon that you may or may not see of me when you load up the podcast. And Paula Flalo, who runs the whole damn podcast network. Okay, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs>